0: welcome to the football neophytes podcast this week we focus on everton we've got big sam of the du football show we're going to also talk point deductions we're going to do a new manager preview ryan mason there was some last minute drama in a couple of important matches and city wins the carabao cup again Gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, what's going? Good? On? How's it going? Yes, it's all always nice to hear a new voice on the pod. Sam, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, gentlemen.
0: Yeah, my voice maybe sound a little different. <laughs> I'm a little under the weather today, drinking some Theraflu, but uh, hopefully not too many sniffles tonight, other than the ones from the Wolves match on Saturday, but.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry that it happened to you, Nate. But apparently, somebody uh, crushed up Viagra, put it into Sean Dice's earthworms, and then Chris Wood ate them, and just decided to go nuts on you guys. <laughs> was, well,
0: well, when when know. when your two center when your center backs don't show up, like it's kind of easy. Anyone could have scored a hat trick uh, with the way Bali and Cody played. So that's all right. Uh, it was Speaking funny.
2: Hats. the hat was back.
0: The hat, the hat was back.
2: Was back.
0: The uh,
1: it, it, it's it's funny. We were talking about it on our show tonight where uh, wolves have seemed to be hanging around, still paying attention, doing some wins. And then you watch that game. You're like, oh, they are on Dubai time already, man. <laughs> the beach trip <laughs> is booked. <laughs> hey, Dave, ooh that was not pretty. It was not a pretty match to watch. So I, well, I, I digress.
0: The only good thing about a 4 a.m. match for us here on the West Coast is that. I was kind of in a dream state the whole time. So I barely kind of even remember if it was real or not. So it's kind of nice. Like I don't, I slept through most of the second half because I was so just pissed and didn't care anymore. And by the time the second half came around, it was, you know, 4.45 in the morning. I was still fully in, in good sleeping hours. So
1: I I was going to say, so for West Coasters, when you have those early games like that, is it that like questionable moment where it's like, all right, it's Saturday morning and it's two in the morning and I'm right proper. Do I just fight through and make it to game time or do I power nap and wake up in that slightly hungover state? I, I know for us on the East Coast, it's you wake up in the morning and you have, you do some day drinking. The problem with day drinking is the rest of your day is completely screwed. Right. Like, so it's like, all right, get up some morning, have <laughs> myself a couple of Bloody Marys and some beers. It's going to be
0: great. And at noon, you're just out cold and your day is ruined. I'm such, I'm such a lightweight and a like morning person that even in my heavy drinking years, like I was going to pass out maybe before midnight, like I was such, (laughs) I was so weak. And so nowadays it's just 4am is only an hour before I'm used to getting up. So (laughs) it's not, it's not a big deal, but Well, let's jump right into Everton. Uh, We've got, like I said, Big Sam from the DU football show, and uh, he is an Everton supporter. Everton is one of the four remaining teams uh, that Kyle is choosing between. sir. Along with Manchester United, Leeds United, and Chelsea. So uh, in some ways, it feels like uh, Manchester United and Chelsea uh, shot themselves in the foot with their, their attempt to leave the premier league. I, I'm not sure they can recover over these last couple of weeks for Kyle. So it really could just be a, a two team race. So uh, Sam, to start off, I'm curious how you're an American um, and that means we pretty much choose our clubs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's your story, but I'd love to hear how did Absolutely. you choose. choose the
1: uh, it's um, I I'm since retired I'm 48 years old and much heavier than I used to be but I was a keeper uh, up Mm. until I was 40 years old I played from 15 to 40 uh, indoor and outdoor and um, in 2009 ESPN did a story on Tim Howard who I was already Mm. familiar with at the time obviously from his time in MLS and obviously with the American uh, side with U S men's national team, but I did not know about his uh, struggles with Tourette's and uh, mm. Kyle. This will be uh, another check Mark against Manchester United, other than them just being, I don't know if when i say any bad words, but if this was my show, I would have said a lot of really offensive stuff already. About Manchester <laughs> hey,
3: I'm looking for reasons not to take them. So just <clears throat> give it to me. Give me some All more. Right,
1: so they're a bunch of cunts. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, what happened with timmy was with his tourettes if there was any mistakes let's face it the 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 english media is quite cruel and it just became it wasn't that tim even had a tick as far as a verbal tick goes and mm. and if you look back at the days when tim played you would see it, his arms would shake a lot you know it's a lot of movement like in like a kind of or uncontrolled kind of almost looked like anger at times and the media just ripped him apart destroyed him completely just annihilated him and then once he has been now to the point where he gets demoted from being the starting keeper at manchester united they eventually they're forced into a loan move and that loan move went to everton and That was in 2009. Things went really well. Everton was very happy with him and decided to sign him. I'm sorry, it was 2008 and 2009 is when they signed him to the the club. And he had just played against the whole kind of wrap up of the story was, is he had played against Manchester United in the FA Cup semifinals in a match that Everton had no right to be in. Uh, Everton's always been kind of the little engine that could. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um but it goes to penalty kicks. Shot number one saved by Howard. Mm. shot number one from everton miss shot number two save by Howard again. um and then it went on. Everton made the rest of their kicks and Everton advanced wow. to the finals of the FA Cup. So the first match I watched as uh, someone who had an interest in Everton was the FA Cup final in 2009 against Chelsea where um uh. We score in the first, I think, 30 seconds and take the lead. Unfortunately, if you know anything about that time frame, it was Manchester United, it was Chelsea, and it was Arsenal, and no one else had a chance. Yeah. They were clearly barred by far and away. And you see that with all the nominations that just came out for um, for the Hall of Fame. It's all Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal. And it's justifiably so because they won Everything, not some mm. things. They won it all, and uh, Everton went on to lose two to one. <clears throat> and my friend, my co-host on the show, uh, Sam, also Sam, was a big Arsenal fan, and our close friend, uh, both of our close friend, Rob, was also an Arsenal fan. And I could tell him I was like, "Look, I think I'm gonna check out Everton." And of course, both of them were like, "What the hell's wrong with you, man? Like, no, like they're they're a mid-table team, cub like uh, Arsenal." And I watched Arsenal a little, and they just. Fancy. I just didn't like the fancy. I I liked the blue-collar work ethic. And as I started watching him throughout 2010, Tim Howard might have brought me to the table, but it was Leighton Baines and Tim Cahill and Phil Jagielka and Sylvan Distan that just won me over. And, uh, of course, ironically now, Arsenal's manager Mikel Arteta was in the center of the midfield for that team. And uh, David Moyes was the manager at the time for us. And again, what everybody always would say about Everton was, "Is wow, they're really good. If only they had money." So, of the yeah. top six big six clubs, Everton was always either fifth, sixth, or seventh. Mm. Always right there. Now they could never win anything. They just would. They'd get there, like they'd beat Chelsea in the FA Cup quarters and then lose to Reading in the semis. It's mm. just what they did, you know. <laughs> and um, eventually reached a point where uh, Sir Alex Ferguson uh, retired and David Moyes was offered the opportunity to go coach at Manchester United, which as a supporter, you really can't blame them. Like it's – and you're being handpicked by Sir Alex, so moves on. And then yeah, after okay. that kind of began a carousel of coaching for us with, between um, uh, Roberto Martinez into, um, uh, into Marco Silva and then on to – I mean, I'm sorry, on to Kuhlman, then Marco Silva. I forget the Koeman era where we bought – every number 10. Not, I mean, not some, there were mm. no more number 10s available for the rest of the football world because all of them were bought on $150,000 a week wages for Everton. Cause that's what we like to do when we first got money was mm. waste it all on one position. Um, <laughs> but ultimately Timmy brought me in the work ethic of the club made me fall in love with them. It's a, it's a blue collar team. Uh, uh down the what I like to equate it to is uh, I'm in Annapolis, Maryland. So up Baltimore is just yep. up the road. Although I am a Washington football team fan, I'm a DC guy first. But uh imagine the Ravens are playing an MT Bank Stadium, and then they the city decides to kick them out, <clears> them <throat> go build a stadium across the parking lot at Canban Yards. Oh, and by the way, as we kick you out, we're going to buy all your best players and we're going to call it the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And that's been a hundred years. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, that, that kind of gives you a gauge of where they are as, as clubs. And it's, it's a miles walk across Lord Stanley Spark. I've made it myself. Wow. Uh, the opportunity to make it out there. And uh, just this very, hard working blue collar ethic has always stuck with me for this team. Mm. And now that they do have a little bit of financial backing and some ownership, that's offering a little bit more and the new stadium getting to be built. It's this team's right on the cusp.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, that story about Tim Howard for sure resonates too. I mean, I don't know if you heard the tiers, the names of the tiers that I gave, but the top tier was the Tim Howard tier. Um, Cause I have a ton of respect for Tim Howard as well. And have just enjoyed watching him for the national team. And I didn't get to watch him much at Everton, but um, I, I love that guy a lot. And so that resonates. Um
1: He's the only jersey I've ever worn on my back. He's the only name wow. and and number I've ever worn on my back as a goalkeeper. And I had uh, the I'll take a picture and send it to you guys on Twitter later. But yeah. I have uh, the jersey I wore signed with the uh, jersey of the team that I played for in indoor my last my last soccer match my my last indoor match all all signed by them framed together. So I'll send that to you and it's I said for I had so much respect for that man I really
3: hmm. do. and
1: also just that's that he, awesome. And he's just an incredible freaking keeper too.
3: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. Uh, I, I'd love for you to maybe dive a little bit more into you. You talked about the blue collar culture. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that one of the um, names for Everton, right. Is the people's club. And you got it right there behind you. I love I love that idea, you know? Um, I'd love to hear more of how that plays out amongst the supporters, amongst the club itself. Um, Any stories or any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, a few things. And a lot of this is obviously going to go back to just Liverpool as well, um, because we're just so closely connected. Uh, They often refer to us as bitters and honestly, justifiably so, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. they'll do, uh, you know how you have like Heinz ketchup, they'll have Heinz. It'll be a blue bottle of say Heinz bitter sauce that they put up as memes all the time, whenever messing with us. And it's, we deserve it, (laughs) you know? Um, And So the people's club was actually termed by David Moyes when he took over uh, the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had said he goes uh, as a Scotsman. He goes, there's something special about this club. It's it's the people's club. You know, you can tell you can tell the people on the street love this club. Um, oh, so it's a, lot a relatively
0: of, new. It's a relatively new <clears throat> moniker.
1: Yeah, uh, mid 2000s. Oh, okay. Early early 2000s. I mean, like let's like, say like 2005. I think it's 2004 2005. I think when Moyes took over, he he did a 10 year run with the club. Mm. Oh. And um, and then you just have guys like, um, I'm not sure how familiar you all are with uh, uh, Duncan Ferguson. Uh, he played in the late 90s <clears throat> into the early 2000s. He's a, um, a big, giant guy who um, once famously robbers broke into his house uh, armed and he beat them up and chased them away with a <laughs> Um There's two words you say to Duncan Ferguson. They are yes and they are sir. And that's what you say. Well, when Marco got sacked, uh, Duncan took over the team and there was a match where we beat Chelsea and kind of famously what everybody's remembering is Big Dunk running up and down the sidelines, grabbing ball boys and hugging them and swinging them around like ragdolls. And um, part of what Carlo did, which is you got to love this about Carlo as a manager
0: and just he to we right, Carlo Ancelotti, yes. you're talking about yes. current Car- manager, yes. okay? Yes, Carlo so remember, Ancelotti. We're, ne- we're neophytes, so we're we're got to make sure we're really uh, absolutely on, on track of all
1: this. Gladly. So, um, Carlo Ancelotti takes over. When he takes over, one of the first moves he makes is he makes his number one assistant Duncan Ferguson, mm. because Duncan handled the team during a real time of stress when they were when they had to let go of Marco Silva, and he saw the passion that was within someone like donk and he's like well that guy needs to be a part of my overall team the <clears throat> kind of the running joke gag of amongst everton and uh liverpool supporters is, you know evertonians we are born not manufactured right mm-hmm. we are everyone yeah. in this everyone in the city was born into everton they weren't they weren't just you know um, as we call them, Copites, uh, a, Nor- a Norwegian that suddenly fell in love with Liverpool because they win a bunch of Champions Leagues, right? Yeah. Or uh, yeah. a, a gobshite, someone who just runs their mouth at no end with no real important things to say. So uh, we call it, we say Copites or gobshites or Copites or gobshites <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> and there's always now I will say it is a friendly rivalry. There's not, Mm. Violence around it, um, but also going into even a little bit further back in the 80s, uh, this rivalry dispute even more because they were the top two teams in 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 England, hands down. Mm. And there was a wow. point where uh, was 84. We won the FA Cup. 84. Liverpool fans rioted against Real Madrid fans in a European Championship game. Thus, Europe banned all European on cl- all English clubs from European play for five yeah. years. Everton wins the league the next year. Everton mm. playing in the Champions League. Oh, that's <laughs> brutal. Everton wins the. European Winners Cup, which was a trophy that used to be for all the teams that won like their respective FA Cups, essentially, um, yeah. of which Everton beat Bayern in the semifinals, um, wow. very famously at Goodison, three to two to make it to the finals. I was uh, forget exactly who I want to say it was a Dutch team, but it wasn't Ajax that uh, Rotheringham, I think it was. I'd, no, that's the championship team. I'm I'm getting way too on. Um, yeah. But anywho. Um, <clears throat> beat them, um, won the league, won the FA Cup the year before. So yeah, and then the next year coming second to Liverpool, the next year after that, 1987, win the league, Liverpool comes in second. And you kind of wonder, you know, for for Everton, well, what if we got to what play if. European, right? Yeah. Like yeah. this team could have won a European championship. They were damn well good enough to do it. Yeah. Um and then late eighties happen and Chelsea suddenly gets money.
3: Mm. And then,
1: and then the premier league gets formed in 91 and suddenly becomes a money race. And Mm. Everton's kind of sitting there going, well, I mean, we can only do so much with with what we have because I'll show you to remember around that time, clubs are falling off because they're just throwing cash everywhere. Mm. Let us not forget Blackburn won a premier league and they won a premier league Uh. because they bought a Premier League. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what they did. Oh, uh, which yeah. is fun for me to always look at Liverpool fans and go, you know, you have the exact same number of title Premier League titles yeah. <laughs> as as Blackburn and Leicester. So you yeah, got one. <laughs> um that's right. And it was yeah, a code here and conspiracy theory. So you know they they really yeah. did one anyways, right? <laughs>
3: that's right. Oh what else uh, you got for me? Well speak speaking of which championships, right? And winning one, what what the, I mean, because at the end of the day, right, I'm a competitive guy. I'm in this. I hope if I were to choose Everton, we could win at some point. Right. What's the path? What's your path to winning the championship? Other than, as my co-host Chris likes to say, the Super League starting. And right.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Other um,
1: than that- I can tell you, and, and I talked about this uh, with my co-host, if you were to give me Arsenal, Spurs, and Everton right now, and say, who's the team I think that's on the right
3: path? Mm-hmm.
1: Take Everton. Mm. I'd take Everton because Spurs, after Jose's done what Jose's done to it, uh, and and Harry's going to want to leave, and this team might not make European football, that thing mm. might be an implosion. And wow. Arsenal, while doing it right, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing it right. They got good young players. They I, I like the signings that they've made, but Ultimately, it's still a little ways away, and you got owners that aren't going to invest. Yeah. Our club, you got owners that are willing to invest. And a lot of people overlook this past season because we go, wow, Decorey, James, Allen, and uh, Godfrey, right? That cost us under 75 million. We've got a wow. very very good executive in Marcel Brands, who used to be the head of uh, PSV and helped mm. build them up in, in, um, in Holland to become a powerhouse and a regular European competitor. Um, our problem was, is like I said, during the time of uh, Kumin, we had Steve Walsh, who was the former executive for Leicester the year that Leicester won the title. Well, and we bought all the number 10s and like Gilfie Sigurdson's on 150,000 a week. He's a perfectly fine player. He ain't worth 150 thousand a week, right? And you have enough of those kind of players, and for Everton, it's been these, especially these past two years, it's been more about the ditching of salaries and leveling the books so that yeah. because, lord only knows, financial fair play will never matter to Manchester City or Chelsea, you know. But right. you know. The league will make sure they save they save a team like Everton from overspending, or save a team like Villa from overspending. Right. right, get out of here! It's it's ridiculous. And so, what Everton's been doing is working the books the right way. They got a manager mm-hmm. that is bought in to building this club, and also mm. teaching them the right way to win. And it's the right pieces in the right place. And is Hamas gonna be with us for long? No, maybe two years, max. That's it, you know? But we got him on a free.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, we got so, him on a free. I didn't realize he came over. Smart on free. That's, That's smart wow. business work. Really like
1: scary. we got in <laughs> and, and everybody gave us crap for signing ben godfrey for 25 million he's been a godsend he's Mm. been amazing so far and 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 he's young so it's the ability to be able to sell valuable assets that then make Mm. you money, right yeah so you can then improve your club a perfect example i hate to say it is liverpool right rogers is gone klopp comes in right well, what do they do? They sell Luis Suarez and they sell Philip Coutinho for stupid amounts of money to Barca, um, both of them to Barca, in fact. And then they're able to buy Mane, bring in Sala on the cheap, who's kind of a disregarded player at that point from Chelsea. Um, he had a good year at Roma, and that's why they brought him in on the cheap. And then ultimately you get Van Dijk and you get Allison. Well, those yeah. four signings cost you less than the two you sold. So yeah. ultimately you have to kind of reach that point and for Everton Everton's at that point. Couple that with a brand new stadium that's going to sit right 15, right more. That's going to re-renovate the uh, a part of the city that needs a little bit of an uplift while still respecting the historical buildings that are there. Doing something with the old grounds that gives back to the community. It just they're just I They're like very it. poised yeah. in the right yeah. way. And there's, it's Everton's the first club that started doing an, in the community group, doing tons for their community. It just, there's, yeah. again, it's, it's the damn people's club, man.
3: That's right. Yeah. No, I love so much what you're saying. Uh, it's getting me excited. It sounds like you're pretty positive. Any, anything that you would change about the club <clears> as it currently stands, like anything you're dissatisfied with yeah. or that you'd, you'd change.
1: Yeah. Um, I, the, the biggest thing was getting rid of Steve Walsh because he spent so much damn money. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd like to see us not have to rely on, while very good asset players not rely on older players right we've done that right. all throughout our career like you know we had phil neville after he was over the hill at uh manchester united play for us he did a great job for us but he was over the hill gareth yeah. barry after he had done what he did at villa and um and uh um, manchester city comes to us and he, he serves a purpose but at the end of the day you want you want to see a young team that's developing well so that in our instance, because we maybe have to sell a valuable asset like a Richarlison, because at some point, Barca is going to come with a hundred million and you can't say no to that. You can't, yeah. especially because that hundred million can buy you three, three really good players, right? Yeah. So what do you need? You need depth, you need youth, you need to kind of bring this in. So- I'm really terribly afraid that they're going to give Gilfey a, a, an mm. extension. And the last thing we need to do, despite the good year he's had, is give him another extension. Like, yeah. we need to move. It's, it's, it's an aging asset that doesn't always fit what we're doing. And I think we, at times, will buy, like I said with the number 10, too many of the wrong guys. Okay. You know, okay. And not diversify our overall squad. So yep. that, that's probably the one major criticism I would have of my club.
3: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like I said, I'm getting excited. Uh, I got one last question for you and, uh, that is for Everton or for Neverton
1: for Everton, my friend for Everton. All right. No, doubt about, no doubt about it. And there is nothing better than hearing the all safe horn go off and that drum line of Z cars starts to hit and those players come out of the tunnel. it is amazing mm-hmm. and the fans, the supporters across the country and across the globe um, the 17th just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Everton in the USA hosted by um, uh, Darren who does the broadcast over uh, the radio broadcast at um, Everton. Had a all day Zoom fest with Everton fans across the entire United States. Uh, Marcel Brands jumped in for a uh, interview. Uh, Decore jumped in for an interview. Uh, Timmy Howard jumped in for an interview. It, it was a five hour event. You know wow. any other clubs that do that? You know Hummel, right? Our, our our newest our newest sponsor Hummel. Um, Hummel has released. Now, unfortunately, my one contention is they don't make them in fat man sizes. They only have two XL. And they tell me two XL is fat man. I'm like, screw you. That's not fat man. <laughs> like, um, but the cool thing, I believe it's 45 supporters clubs across the United States wow. have wow. specifically geared a logo so I can get a DC Toffees hoodie, zip mm. up. Polo T-shirt. I can get a Baltimore Toffees. I can get Arizona Toffees. I can get a Colorado Toffees. I can get a Miami wow. Toffees. Like, it's pretty that's pretty freaking cool. Cool, yeah, right? that's cool. Like, you can get your local stuff, and especially with COVID, all like I I sit in on Zoom meetings. I've sat in with about I'd say twenty different Everton supporter groups to watch matches. Um, mm. it just, it, it's a great community. There's already talk the minute that, you know, our world gets back to whatever normal is that yeah, it'll yeah. likely be in Chicago. There will be a absolute Everton USA meetup in mm. Chicago and the family's great, man. Everybody accepts everybody. It's a, it's a fun club. I, it's a, um, you know, the ownership group is really jazzed up. You're going to talk about super league. Mushari came out right after the Super League, and and people were saying the whole oh, well, if they invited you, you'd come. He'd say, "Hell no, I wouldn't." <laughs> I didn't. He left Arsenal. He got bought out of Arsenal by the Kronk. Uh, yeah. He was like, "I didn't like they, what they were doing, and I wanted to leave because I wanted to go to a right club with a club with with history that cared about their history." Because I'm a steward of that club as an owner, and then you have. Um, Denise Barrett, uh, who is our COO, one of the few, um, female, uh, executives in, in all of, uh, uh, English footy when Manchester United and Liverpool decided they were going to try to make this, uh, project save, uh, football thing that they were doing. What they were doing was trying to set it up like Spain where Barca and Madrid get all the money. They were yeah. trying to set it up like that, and they're like, oh, we'll feed money down to other people, and there'll be eight existing teams who will all have a vote, and Everton would be one of those votes. Denise came out and was like, um, this is an absurd idea, and, uh, you know, Edward, Ed you owe us an apology. Mm. You owe me an apology. What are you doing to the fans of this game? And just, it, it, there's something very special about Everton. Yeah. They're a fun club. Yeah. I think we're on the right pace. I. <laughs> This team, this team wins some kind of silverware in the next two to three years. Right. Right. The, the league's tough. The league is tough because yeah. it's it's what Leicester did doesn't happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's face it; it's miracles like Liverpool winning the league once only happen every <laughs> once in a while. You know, it just,
3: there you go. And there
1: and the last go. time, and and the season before, all I know is that Liverpool lost the league at Goodison Park. That's um, that, so right? it's, uh I make my plea to you and uh right. you know Chelsea Manu eh. and and with Leeds if you like being hated you need to understand they are the Dallas Cowboys of 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 footy oh, in England. Okay. Ev- right. Everyone hates hates Leeds except for Leeds fans. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: the yeah. leads ownership group is, is 49ers. So I'm sure they hate being compared to the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs>
1: that's true. Uh, that's they, they, they are renownly hated and nobody knows it because they just came back up and yeah, 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 talking in the ground is really fun and witty and it's great. And, you know, you love the, the, the full throttle footy that they play, but you need to understand no one likes
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what I, I love about uh, this, this. So what I love movie. about this is, if you if you choose you choose Everton if you hate yourself, <laughs> but gotcha. you choose Leeds if you want to be hated by others. So Everybody. Right. It's a good, yeah. it's a good contrast. Yep. Um, well, Sam, we really appreciate you coming on. This is, I know it's late night for you and you've already recorded the mind. podcast tonight. So uh we're we're appreciative. Um, this is a great project for us to be able to walk through a full season of the Premier League and try and figure out a team to support. Um and we're thankful for those who help us along the way, get us caught up. So excellent. Sam, you wanted to to give a little shout out. We already kind of mentioned your podcast, but yeah. give us everything we need to know about how to, how to listen to your podcast and where we can follow you on social media.
1: Excellent. So everything on social media is at DU Football Show. Um, we are the Drunkard United Football Show, DU Football Show for short. We are on every single podcast platform you can think of. Um, how I like to talk about us as a show, you have your X's and O's show. If you're a Wolves fan, you listen to a whole lot of Wolves. They do a great work. You listen, you're an Everton fan. You listen to the American Toffee podcast. That's the, it's, that's the X's and O's. That's everything else. But the last time I checked, you'd like to know what the rest of the league is doing. That's what we talk about. Um, we drink an exuberant amount of alcohol. We're both work in the liquor industry, uh, we recently completed the entire whiskey advocate top 20. So before mm. every show, we have a different whiskey. We would talk about it. Uh, now because we're tired of whiskey, we're drinking a crap ton of gin. Cause we both really like gin and tonics. Wait, um, what's your number so, one.
0: What's your number one gin right now that you'd like? Ooh, I, sorry to put just, you on the
1: spot. McClintock out of Frederick, Maryland does a wonderful gin. Really like them. Uh, Uh, Koval also, um, gosh, you
0: had prairie prairie. Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Yes, I have. We drink that a
0: lot at our house.
1: Well, the beauty, the beauty of gin as a, as a whole is that here's the thing with gin is you can put 10 gins in front of you and 10 of them taste different. They're all going to have that juniper backbone, but there's a lot of craziness that goes along with it. So we talk about that at the start of every show. Um, my pet chicken, uh, picks games um, from all the jet settings she does with famous people that she's apparently been alive for like 50 years and hung out with. Um, this week she picked a draw between Villa and uh, Everton because she was hanging out at a charity event hosted by Prince William that Ozzy Osbourne, Sir Paul McCartney, and Justin Bieber were at. So, you know, <laughs> it was two Everton supporters and two Arsenal support, I mean, two uh, Villa supporters. So apparently that's, you know, that's how she figures that out. Um, we cuss oh so much so we are not safe for work or your kids um think uh think it is um a couple of buddies sitting at a bar top and just uh having a go at each other so um, do football show everywhere uh on all the socials like i said we're uh we record every week we're we're the we're the added little fun you want to hear about the entire league i guarantee you every single team gets at least a sentence talked about them every single week. I mean, it may be Burnley and Brighton played a professional match in the English premier league this week. We've done that before, but a sentence was said about them for crying out
0: loud. Love it. Well, thanks, man. Uh, We really appreciate it.
1: Absolute pleasure, boys. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks, Sam. All right, Kyle. So, uh, Big Sam just gave gave a his his best best shot with Everton. How are you feeling, man?
3: I mean, it got me pumped up for Everton. That's for sure. Um, you know, I'm gonna hear out the others and give them their their say, as I should do. But Big Sam is a a, a true evangelist for the People's Club. And there's a lot to like there for sure.
0: Well, I think, I don't know. Everyone's got to choose their club for different reasons. But I think if you're choosing a club that isn't one of the big six, I think you have to choose in such a way to where, There's some history, there's some intangibles about the club that get value to them. Otherwise, there's no no guarantee that you're going to win championships, right? There's no guarantee you're going to get, like, even stay up in the league. But when you look at clubs like Everton, I would even say Aston Villa, Wolves, teams that have, like, Leeds, I think is another club like that, who have long – term history some of the founding clubs there's there's something there that's more than just hey they're having a good season this year right i know that was important for me with wolves like oh it's
3: it's very important yeah and i mean a couple of things that he mentioned were exactly the reasons why i put them in my top four and it was good to see him validate those things like them being a really blue collar support group, blue-collar team, um, you know, being about the people. I, and then, you know, just remembering how close they are physically to Liverpool and, you know, being the, the little brother, the stepbrother, whatever you want to call them, there is a something about that that makes me gravitate towards them and want to be on their side of that you know, of that rivalry um, and just hope for the day when the little brother can knock out the big brother. You know, there's something exciting about that possibility. And to see, hear him talk about that um, was pretty cool. And then, you know, I, I sensed a lot of optimism from him in terms of the direction of the club. You know, I know that with Everton, there is that history of what could have been Um, almost was, and, you know, coming up short where you, you hate yourself a little bit as a supporter, but what shined through for me was there's still this sense of optimism about what could be in the future and, and maybe even in the near future.
0: Totally. And I think, I think depending on how the super league stuff shakes down and that's what I want to talk about next. I think there could be ramifications for these big six clubs that, Um, maybe reshuffle the deck a little bit. I don't know if Hmm. that's true, right? I think time will tell, but um, depending on what sort of punishment the FA decides to dole out, I think there could be implications or there could be ramifications going forward. So, we obviously talked a lot last week. It feels like such a distant memory. (laughs) Um, it feels like, yeah, it, it lasted about as long as my attention to the wolves uh four (laughs) nil crashing to Burnley. Um, but there's still, you know, UEFA is threatening some sort of punishment. FA is threatening punishment. I haven't heard the latest, but I'm just curious what you guys think. We've talked a lot offline about 15 point point deductions or transfer bans or what's fair, what's right. Did they break the rules or did they not? What, what do you guys think? would be a fair well maybe if you do you think it would be fair to to punish them in some way um and if so what what is a fair punishment for these guys
2: kyle you want to start or you want me to start chris go for it (laughs) um it's a uh, it's a tough question to answer um if you just look at it from a big picture standpoint, they didn't do anything and nothing really ended up happening, so why punish them? But then you bring into account the history of punishments in the Premier League, and you realize they probably will get punished regardless, right? Like there's, There appears to be so many written or maybe even unwritten rules that they like to throw in there. And just punish for however they want. So, um, I don't know if any of them should be punished, to be honest with you. Like, who cares at the end of the day? Um, Again, if when I step back and I look at it from a big picture standpoint, I go, hey, congrats. They united football fans across the globe uh, for a couple of days. We all agreed on one thing that this was dumb. um, And, you know, we all hated it, right? Um, and then from the club perspective, you know, they created an earthquake that went away rather quickly. And now it's just, you know, the, the people who want punishments or want points deducted are essentially the teams who would just benefit from it. But there's no real reason for them other than they go, well, they brought the game into disrepute, and you go, okay, so the, you know, the largest point deduction for bringing the game into Des Repute is two points. And Uh, you go, okay, so are you happy if these teams get docked two points and people would go, no, that's not good enough. Well, how many do you think it should be? Well, it should be 15 at least. Well, why? Because that's what I said. That's what I think. And it's just, I don't know. I did a lot of research on the point deductions. 15 is a
0: great number, Chris, because 15 makes it a race to the finish and puts Arsenal in potential relegation. That makes it way more fun for this season.
2: Okay. I, I Chris, don't necessarily disagree. I disagree with you. I know just, you're joking. I'm just
0: playing you, but
2: no, no, no. I know that, but okay. So here's the thing. 15 points doesn't make it a race to end the season at the top because city's got it locked up. Like there's nothing you can do. Even with a 15 point deduction, it doesn't put Lester close enough to make it a race over these last couple of games. What it does do, which I I texted you guys, I'm okay with the 15-point deduction because it does make the bottom of the league kind of fun, because it puts Arsenal in 17th place, just like three or four points ahead of Fulham. So it kind of brings Fulham, you know, joy or you know, hopefuls back. But I just, I, I just can't see like a rationale behind it. That point deduction actually happening. The other reason I'm okay with it. The reason
0: I chose 15 points is because I think it's a fun number, and actually (laughs) would put Man City and Leicester tied in points, so it would make it interesting. Hmm.
3: My my take Um, is this: you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if they should be uh, a point deduction or any sort of penalty. But what I've had trouble doing, I think a lot of people have had trouble doing, is reading the room and the sense of who has leverage here. And I think the six clubs and all the Super League teams thought they had all the leverage and they could go and create this Super League and they would have the ability to do that legally. The supporters would be on their side and they could just basically get away with it, right? And then the supporters and the fans around the world came back and said, no, actually, we're going to protest this and show you that we have the leverage. Um, And in a pretty dramatic fashion, put a stop to it within 48 hours, 72 hours, maybe. Um, And so that was pretty incredible. And I think my take is this in terms of the penalties is if UEFA and the National Leagues and whoever else feels like they have leverage on their side now, and all these middle tier clubs and lower clubs, feel like they truly do have the leverage because of everything that's transpired, then if I were them, I would absolutely take this opportunity to hand it to the big clubs and to try and basically rewrite and reshuffle what football has become over the last, you know, couple decades. And this is their opportunity to do that. Now, if they're reading it wrong and uh, they piss off all of these super leagues clubs, then they're just going to go and do what they want to do to begin with. But it may be worth the gamble. And that's what I think is kind of interesting here.
0: Yeah, it See, is think, interesting because yeah. it's like a battle of leverage, right? And I think, yeah. and I don't understand how all the revenue works. And so we have, we've talked about it a lot in our texts over the last week, right? That the big six have a revenue advantage that benefits the league. So now I think Kyle, you're right. The big six tried to leverage and now it's a question, does FA and the other 14 clubs, are they willing to kind of counter leverage? And do they think that'll work or will it actually backfire on them? It's, it's a really interesting balancing, balancing act right now.
2: See, I think that like the FA and UEFA and those, those organizations They're at a point now where they've never been before, where it's almost like everyone's united in their side and on their side, but they will lose people if they try and drop the hammer. And so they're in a really delicate position to where even the United supporters, the Chelsea supporters, everyone who hated this is all on that side right now. But if they hammer these clubs they're going to lose the support of those fans who are behind them right now. And so they've got to be super delicate with how they handle it. And while it's fun to be like, like we've joked about, or Nate, you've talked about like as wool supporters and Everton supporters and all these other supporters are like, give them the hammer, drop it on them. They, I don't think they can. I just don't think they can. And I, I think they need to be careful about how they use this levers that they have now. And if they're smart and they can use it wisely they can use it to their benefit, but I think if they try and hammer these clubs, they're going to lose that leverage and basically blunder this opportunity. Chris,
0: one last question, and then we'll move on from this topic. Would you? And I don't know if I've ad- accurately like, uh, like leveled this question to make it a hard question. Would you rather have a fifteen point deduction or a one year transfer ban?
2: Uh, I would take. I would take the 15 point deduction based on where United is sitting right now. If they lost those, those 15 points, they're still sitting in fourth position right now. Um, And I, and I still feel confident that they could finish the season in the top four. So as a United supporter, I'm all for the 15 point. If that, if that was, if those are my choices, it's different if I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Uh, it's different if I'm an Arsenal fan it's different different if I'm Liverpool I think United and City are the only two teams in the in that six that would go okay take the 15
0: because they can withstand it a little more right yeah I well I think even if I think and again I don't understand all the ramifications of this but I think a transfer ban has potential longer term effects than a uh, a 15, a one year, 15 point deduction. Right. Because you have the ability like that you miss out on two full transfer windows and that can set you back a little bit. So,
2: yeah. And I think, do you remember, this is right when we first started watching Chelsea had a transfer yeah. on that. And yeah. I, I think it was financial fair play rules yep. or, or something. Yep. Um, and, and I don't know. I look at Chelsea and they still finished top four these last couple of years. So I guess it depends on the cool thing for Chelsea. And it, this actually may have benefited Chelsea, their transfer band because they end up playing Mason Mount a lot. They end up playing Tommy Kim Abraham. Abraham. Yep. They get Christian Pulisic in there and he plays a lot. So it, in kind of like a weird way, I wonder if it actually ends up helping Chelsea because they get to play these young guys and they were freaking good, right? Yeah. And so they, they were able to sustain it. So I guess it depends on your academy. Like, and it kind of goes to United. Like, they're kind of set in a lot of positions right now to where <laughs> if they just rolled back the same team next season, they're probably going to be okay. I don't think they have the guns to win it all, um, but they're going to be competitive and they'll, you know, probably be top four, top five, top six. Uh, where again it probably affects, you know, the Evertons, the Arsenals more so the, than anyone else. The
0: in, the interesting or not thing. Everton, I'm sorry. Yeah. Chelsea and others. Yeah. Sorry. The about inter- that. No, it's okay. The interesting thing to me would be it's one thing if Chelsea has a one has a transfer ban, it's one team out of 19. But how would it affect the rest of the Premier League or the Premier League in general? Because it's not. we can't can't presuppose that the top talent in the world is just going to now flock to Wolves, Everton, Leeds, Aston Villa because the big clubs aren't in it, right? They may just stay in Germany or Italy or Spain. And so it may just reduce the quality of the Premier League altogether, not necessarily equal the playing field within the Premier League.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great thought because, you know, if, if you're Dortmund and you're Holland sitting, sitting at Dortmund and you're like, Oh, I can't go to the big six. Well, do I want to go play for wolves or do I just want to stay here in Dortmund for a year? Uh, and I think the reality is that the best players will stay. And the flip side is, is the club, you know, wolves are kind of, wolves are such an interesting case to me because their owner has the money. He could turn them into a city very easily. And we joked about that last week in our, who should you cheer for based on if your top six is leaving. Um, But like most of those other clubs couldn't shell out 120 million to pay the transfer fee on top of the, you know, 18 million a year it's going to take to pay the players. So it would, it would be interesting because I do think it would halt uh, transfers, maybe as a whole for the league.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's right. Well, we're not going to solve it here, and it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks and months as this as this rolls out. Uh, lost and all this, we kind of touched on it last week, very briefly, is that Jose is out at Tottenham, and we didn't even know the name of the new manager, which shows our neophyteness if that's a word. Uh, so we're going to do a little new manager feature real quick. Uh, the, he is an interim manager. He's not a full-time manager. Uh, his name is Ryan Mason. Ryan Mason, it's really a beautiful story. I don't know if you guys have read up anything on it over the last week or so, but but he's like, I think he's 29 years old. He's a young guy. Um, he grew up in the Spurs youth system. He spent most of his career out on loan. Uh he ended up landing at Hull City uh for I think from 2016 to 2018. Uh he played uh he played at one match for England's national team, kind of a promising young, young player uh who had his career cut short after a gruesome fractured skull similar to the one Raul uh uh received this year. And so he spent like a year trying to recover, trying to come back, just couldn't do it. Ended up retiring, um, joined as an academy coach, like a couple months after retiring with Spurs, uh, spent a couple years coaching in their academy. Then he took over the head of player development. So it was basically from their U18 through their U23, all the players in uh, in that system. And then uh, when they sacked Jose, they moved him into the, the interim manager role, which I haven't seen a ton of this happen, but I think what I have seen in our couple years of following Premier League is it seems like if the club performs well, and I guess it's the same in the States when an interim manager comes in, it's kind of like their chance to win the job, um, but not maybe get fired and have to leave the club completely. So I think Ryan Mason's going to get a shot to see if he can take the helm and see what he can do with this club. So should be exciting uh last couple weeks for him at Spurs.
2: So long, Jose.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: question for you Nate. Is he going to be the next head coach of Wolves? No. I mean, but are you sure?
0: Yeah. They wouldn't do a trade because some of the rumors are out there that Nuno might go to Spurs. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. So there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a trade. And I think with Ryan Mason as an interim manager, they probably want to keep him around. He grew up in that system. I guess he'd want to stay. So if they hire a bigger name or bring someone like Nuno in, he may just revert back to his role um, as, you know, the head of player development. I don't know again, how all that works, my guess is if someone like Nuno came in, he would bring his his entire staff with him. Um, but yeah, there are rumors and rightly so. Um wolves are kind of a mess um right now. And so we'll see if Nuno if Nuno survives.
2: So where are your feelings on that? Because obviously I was playing off of there's tons of rumors right now that this could be it for Nuno.
0: Yeah. Um I'm a I'm i am a loyalist, especially for like my first love. So I think this, this initial like wolves team, um, I I'm loyal to, but it's, it's hard to stay loyal when you see guy running the same squad out week after week, expecting different results. Um, he may, I mean, I don't know if he's lost the players or not, but they were so uninspired on, on Saturday. It's just, I don't know. I, I can go either way, but I probably couldn't, I can't stay there long. Like over these last five matches, if he doesn't start playing some of the younger guys or trying some different stuff, I'll probably be Nuno out by, by the end of the season.
2: Which is crazy. Cause the thought of that, six months ago was unprecedented on her.
0: <clears throat> totally. Totally. But it's hard. It's hard when you watch your team I and mean, you, you rode that train with, with Ole um, when for a while, right. Until they started yeah. winning. And
2: um, It's funny because like we basically flip positions on like the things that you just said about your feelings on Nuno or how I was feeling to start the year watching an uninspired Manchester United team while Ole runs the same guys out there who are just not playing well. So I, I'm with you. I feel you.
0: Well, it's, a, I would say it's a little different because Man- Manchester United had guys who they could bring into the squad uh, to actually improve the squad. That's not yeah. the same for wolves. He, I mean, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a wolves fan who would say the starting 11, he's putting out there. Isn't our best starting 11. That's, They probably are a best starting 11, but the problem is we have nothing else to do. Like what else are we going to do this year? And I could see if we were winning. Yeah. Roll the same 11 out every week if we're winning, but it does feel like maybe these guys are getting complacent. There's no one competing for their spots. And so they're they feel like, I don't know, just like anything when there's good healthy competition for us is as athletes or whatever you, you have to keep playing excellent because you know, someone's coming behind you. And that's kind of my question is, did these guys, are they playing uninspired? Cause they don't have anyone pushing their for their jobs. Cause they know Nuno is just going to keep rolling the same guys out there every week. So there's a handful of young guys that would be great to see them get on the pitch and, and start matches. Um, would they, I don't think they'd make us better, but it would be good to see what we've got with them. So.
2: Yeah. Well, the bright side is mathematically you're one point away from being safe, no matter what. Um, So congrats on next season.
0: Yeah. If he lose, if he loses to West Brom again, um, I think he'll have a hard time keeping his job just in general. So we've got West Brom uh, coming up this week.
2: Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. That's crazy.
0: Speaking of West Brom, we had some last minute, uh, drama this week. Uh, Villa scores in the 92nd minute. Uh, not that West Brom really had a chance of, of staying up, but they need to win matches. They need to get three points, not one. So that kind of late, late drama probably sealed their fate. Uh, and then Newcastle as well uh, with a, with a last minute goal 95th minute against Liverpool uh, that probably that hurts Liverpool's chance of making top four and then Manchester United, not with a last minute anything. Cause it was just nil nil first minute through last minute was nothing, but nil nil draw kind of surprising to us. I think we all thought it was going to be, more goals on hand against Leeds, but, um, nil, nil. they were nervous. They were nervous. I knew I
3: was watching. <laughs> everyone got nervous.
2: They <laughs> and Tightened so those, up.
0: I feel like those three draws, you know, Chris, obviously you guys were a long shot to be able to catch city, but you had to win them all. And I feel like all three of those draws this weekend, uh, maybe sealed, sealed the fate of, of West Brom. Liverpool's chances at a top four finish and for sure United's hope of catching city.
2: Yeah. I mean, as far as United and city, it was, you know, going into the weekend, it was 10 points. City just needed 10 points to close it out. And they picked up five this weekend, three in their own victory. And then United not grabbing two. So, you know, it's, it's over. Like I said, it was the slightest of slight, but it was still fun to have that hope and, uh, you know, the the United Leeds match was a really fun match. It was well played, both sides back and forth, just no goals. And so, which was, you know, again, I was stunning <laughs> considering mm. the first match there was eight. So, uh, mm. yeah, that was a, uh, it was a stunner. Uh, and maybe you should start just spreading
3: rumors that City actually like forged all your n- names on all the Super League stuff. And it's really just <laughs> all their fault
2: i would love to but i think everyone knows that like at the end of the day this is primarily the glazers and uh what's his name over at Frankie.
0: At,
2: yeah and also who's the the spanish guy perez
0: yeah 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 i yeah, think kind
2: of knows it was them
0: yeah i think that's right so
2: i also loved a couple of things i loved in, in all of this fallout one was One of the things I've known since I started following United was everyone hated Ed Woodward. And and there is a lot of talk that he was like one of the main architects behind all of this. And then when it fell apart, he resigned. And in his resignation, he's claiming a dispute with ownership over their agreement to join the Super League as if he had nothing to do with it. And so Eddie's trying to get out on his own and be unscathed, which I think is hilarious.
0: Yeah, that is that is crazy. Well, the other fallout is that uh, Spotify, Spotify's Daniel Eck, he is uh, looking to buy Arsenal. He's I put that. a little bid forward. I think I think I saw he's worth three point five billion dollars, and they think Arsenal uh, would cost him two of that mm. two billion but he's also Dang. formed up with some, some arsenal legends. So he's brought like brought in the big guns to try and try and buy it. Tier Henry, Dennis Bergkamp and Patrick uh, Vieira. So it'll be interesting to see if he can pull off a, a, a purchase of the club. Apparently he's been like a lifelong fan. I, I read mm-hmm. articles that said that he will have the matches on when he's in, even when he's in like board like Spotify readings, <laughs> like, that's amazing, man. That's
3: exactly what you want. You know, there really should be some sort of litmus test for owners. It, it can't just be about buying an asset and trying to make money. You have to like the sport. You have to like the team that you're buying. And yeah, I mean, if you're an Arsenal supporter and someone who's a super fan buys you, who is also a billionaire, um, that's a pretty that's a pretty good deal.
0: Yeah, I know I think we've all read a lot of the different um rele press releases that all the clubs put out about the super league and their commitment to the fans and blah blah blah. You know, but it's but you know, you do you're trying to read through the lines saying, Do these oh, like sure. would these billionaires would Wolves jump to the Super League if they but you know, like one of the things in the Wolves press release. Fosin said, we from the beginning wanted to be about the community and the pride Mm. of of wolves and the history. And it's the reason we liked wolves and wanted to buy wolves was their history and they could be blowing smoke, but that's what you would hope, right? Is that there's a sense of like tradition and, and that's maybe like worst case. I think best case is this Daniel Eck thing where you're like, yes, super fan buys us a billionaire super fan buys us.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's the best case. Um, unfortunately, too often you get the only people with a billion dollars are people that only care about making a billion dollars. And so it kind of weeds out uh, people who actually have the right intent most of the time, but every now and then you you get a good setup. So I, ho- I hope the best for Arsenal, that'd be a good deal for them.
0: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, when you're spending, when you're, spending all your time making billions of dollars you don't have a lot of time to be a fan of a team <laughs> you are not, not waking si- up you're not sitting you're around wake up at 4
3: a.m. but but not to watch BPL
0: <laughs> that's right that's right we do have a we do have a promotion update as well uh, Watford clinched this weekend so Watford will be coming back um, and the four playoff teams are set as well Brentford Bournemouth Swansea and Barnsley are all uh have all clinched and they'll their placement is still TBD I think there's only a point or two separating those four clubs mm-hmm. so um the matchups will be determined over the next couple weeks but uh okay. be do you have any
3: uh any picks out of there that you hope to
0: see yeah Barnsley you Barnsley has um Daryl DK American he transferred there in January and has scored like okay. nine nine goals in like 15 matches so uh yeah that's that's my pick that's what I'm hoping for but really anyone Brentford. but Bournemouth I would say because Bournemouth was just up recently um Watford and Norwich were both up recently so I'd like I like seeing some new blood so Brentford yeah. Swansea, yeah. Barnsley. I'd like that. All right. We're going to do a little lock it in review. Uh, I picked up some much needed points this week. I had Spurs over Southampton and Leicester over Crystal Palace. Uh, that gave me, brings my record to 20 and 14. Chris Ooh. got uh, City over Villa, but United drew with Leeds. He's still got a half game lead on me at 20 and 13. And Kyle got city over Villa as well and did not get Liverpool over Newcastle. So he's at 18 and 16, two games back or two and a half games back of Chris. Kyle, who do you have for this weekend?
3: Well, come on now in honor of big Sam picking Everton over Aston Villa. Like it. It's
0: Bold, bold pick. Chris, who do you got?
2: Uh, I'm taking Leicester over Southampton.
0: I like that pick as well. It helps that I was on here first because I know Chris doesn't take uh, picks that are already on here. I took City over Palace um, trying to catch catch Chris in these final weeks. For match of the week, it's got to be Manchester United, Liverpool. Uh, You've got obviously two of two storied franchises, two storied clubs um, with a lot on the line, maybe not as much on the line for Manchester United, but certainly for Liverpool still vying for a top four finish uh, that that's got to be the match to watch this weekend.
2: Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything to add.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will probably watch Wolves West Brom. I might just even wait to see what the uh, lineup is and based on the lineup, if it's the same 11 or basically his same 11, I might just. just Yeah. dude,
3: take, take the weekend off? It's the best thing you can do. It's a Monday.
0: It's a Monday. So I'll have to, I'll have to kind of watch it on the side at work anyways. So apparently Monday's a bank holiday in uh, the UK. I don't know what they're celebrating or what they're (laughs) off for, but word on the street is bank holiday sounds good uh next week i'm very excited we're going to be featuring manchester united and we are having uh shay davies from across the pond podcast which is one of my favorite podcasts shay has graciously agreed to come on he's he's in atlanta so he'll also be staying up late like kyle to join us so we're looking forward to that gentlemen thank you see you nate glazers out